0: You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
2: It is hour number two of primetime action. Hope you're all enjoying your president's day on this Monday. No days off for us because we've got games to talk about and live bet. Ben Wilson back with you filling in for Gil Alexander tonight and tomorrow. We've got Jeff Parles, who's been uh, he's been doing the Gil shift here and numbers game in the morning. Here on the network at VSIN and uh, filled in as well. Matt Brown out. Kelly Bidlin, though, is with us. Uh, we're going to get some score updates in a moment from Kelly, but we do have a tip, uh, couple of tips coming up. Jeff, you mentioned earlier one of your plays. You do have the Sycamores of Indiana State mm-hmm. uh, in a game that uh, tips off here. Momentarily, Sycamore is on the road taking on Drake. The Power 5 game that tips momentarily will feature West Virginia, who were just pounded over the weekend at home by Kansas, and Jamie Dixon's TCU Horned Frogs. TCU laying, I'm seeing three and a half, or now mostly fours in the market. That's where this is going to close. Uh, What do you think about uh, TCU trying to bounce back here after three straight losses, Jeff?
3: So West Virginia just took some money before uh, before tip here. It was four and a half when we opened the show. Uh, I played four earlier in the day with TCU. I, I just don't like West Virginia, especially away from WVU Coliseum in Morgan, Morgantown. and Morgantown. And TCU, they're in a little bit of a rut right now. They've dealt with some injury, but... In the end, here Ben, I laid four with TCU. I just think they are the better team in need of a win at home against a team that has been really bad on the road this year, and especially in conference play. So TCU, uh, my plays on the board right now there. We oh, added, you added. Whoa. We added. We added a pair. So uh, yes, <laughs> oh. we're going to the we're going to the in game extra board here, guys. Oh my! Which, who doesn't Goodness. love this? Howard down six at the break. The Coppin State at home. Howard, I'll take. Uh, you can actually do better than this. In the newer jurisdictions, you could actually get a point with Howard right now in the newer jurisdictions, so you at least have some push protection if they lose by a point in a positive way. I'm laying a point based off the number I got out here in Vegas, so we're laying one with Howard. And they're just a much better basketball team, and I expect that to show up in the second half against Coppin State and then uh, Maryland I laid two for the game because that game was tied at halftime at halftime of course Penn State with an early lead here in the second half 32 30 as they play uh, there at Xfinity Center in College Park right.
2: extra game in game lines we love it as far as so the the one matchup too, not to simplify this to a just a single uh, spot on the floor but in West Virginia and TCU Jeff that game that tips off here momentarily. West Virginia this year, who's, by the way, lost nine of their last 10, uh, been a rough go of it under Bob Huggins now, 14 and 12, but 3 and 10 in Big 12 play. This is a team, Jeff, that is 350th in the country at preventing opposing offensive rebounds. So they, they've just done a terrible job of protecting the paint after opposing misses. I bring that up because TCU is the best offensive rebounding team in the country, Jeff. Could be some ch- second chance points uh, there tonight, but uh, that would be one angle. To support your uh, your TCU play, uh, so we've got that. We have a bunch of games now at the half as well. Uh, Kelly Bidlin standing by, ready for uh, for some updates here, Kelly, because we've got uh, got got a lot of tight games here in the Power Five Monday Night Window.
4: Yeah, we do that. Indiana Ohio State game that is thirty three to twenty eight at the half. Live numbers on that one right now. We've got Ohio State le- laying. it looks like 133 the live total Uh, over in let's see Louisville and North Carolina second half just getting started Louisville with a three-point lead 39 to 36 UNC still laying two and a half live 145 and a half is the live total in that game Indiana State the big game that Matt uh, that uh, Jeff is on tonight catching 11 just getting started they're trailing four to three two minutes into it you're looking okay right now, Jeff. You're looking okay. Uh, <laughs> West Virginia TCU just tipping off as well at the half in Boston. Boston College leading Florida State 32-24. to uh, Live number on that game. Boston College 4.5 and, and 127.5, and the live total. Penn State with a two-point lead over Maryland 34-32. 15 and a half minutes left in the game. Let's see a live number on that one. We've got Moneyline, Maryland minus 125, Penn State minus 105, 118.5 the live total. So pretty tight. There, Syracuse and Georgia Tech all tied up at 33. That game a minute into the second half. Syracuse, 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 Syracuse five and a half live and 140 and a half the live total over on the ice. You saved
2: the best for last, Kelly.
4: That's right. We got one game in action. I broke it down well for you guys. Canadians up on the Maple Leafs two to nothing.
2: Why did we listen to you?
4: Kelly? Why didn't you bet this? Come Plus on, 340, man. I Easy you. winner. <laughs> This is so easy. Come on, just take the plus three forty every time. Uh, Canadians two goal lead. They are still only minus one seventy on the live line. (laughs) Maple Leafs are just plus one twenty five down two. Uh, Six and a half your live total in that game.
3: That's great. Down two goals, plus one twenty five. Jeff, if (laughs) if you want the plus
2: one and a half on Toronto, it's going to cost you two two and a quarter. (laughs) Oh my god! Down to two ten. Just change. Oh, okay. Maybe. A, yeah, maybe that a is strike. wild.
4: You could catch a goal and a half. You'd still be theoretically down a half a goal right now. And laying yeah. minus two, 10. That's, it, it, but, by,
3: by the way, it is a great outing for Sam Montembeau so far that I'd net for Montreal. Sure. There's oh, a 50% chance. I totally just butchered that. If, if
2: you, if you told me that was a made up player's name, I would have said, uh, I, uh, sure. I've... Oh, by the way, Montreal just scored again.
3: It's three, nothing.
4: Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? President's Day? <laughs> North of the border? What, what's happening? I, I, I do not know. Uh, you mentioned, Kelly, that five-point game in, uh, in Columbus going to be a sweat uh, for me laying that six. That was my only bet of the night. Ohio State 33, Indiana 28. Another struggle, though, from the field for EJ Liddell mentioned how it was one of his worst games of the year. The first time these two teams met a big part of my handicap was with him now in much better form as of late, feeling like he would go off in this game. Only five points, Jeff. Two of seven from the field, one of four from three. There were a couple times in that game where Ohio State was threatening to pull away, but so far unable to uh, shake the Hoosiers. Ohio State just three of ten from beyond the arc.
3: Game kind of played out exactly how I would have expected. Indiana is going to try to make this game ugly for both sides. and. So far, uh, again, 13 turnovers, like you said, between the two teams. Neither team shooting the ball particularly well from the perimeter. And uh, look, I, I, this is this game playing out exactly how I expected. Makes me even happier that I don't have any action on it, Ben.
2: Yes, that realization that this will be an inevitable sweat oh, in about 45 minutes is, uh, you know, it is not even is, a
3: doubt. Not, not a, even a not doubt, even
2: Ben. A doubt. We look. Let's just hope that. I mean, my my grand point of closing line value comes back comes back to help me, Jeff. We'll see. Uh, so, still a few more games also uh, to get to uh, later tonight. We'll have these a couple of games tipping off in the nine o'clock Eastern top of the hour, six o'clock here on the West Coast. Uh, we you were mentioning a little bit earlier, Jeff. You're not uh, you're not in love with laying the thirteen and a half for UCLA, and and we're seeing some more money come in the market. I see a couple books uh, now at fourteen, but they, they, this did open last night fifteen and a half. You mentioned how Arizona State pulled off that massive triple overtime upset in the first meeting just a couple weeks ago in Tempe. How have you handled these these matchup handicaps in college basketball this year when, when you consider, especially a game like this, where it's a big spread and a, a presumptive bounce back for a team who lost the first meeting and who is on paper much, much better than the team they lost to in the first game?
3: Well, I, I think that first game, Ben, first off, once you get to triple overtime, you can get usually – you see the better team pull it out in the end because the team that's worse usually runs out of gas. That day, UCLA was the team that ran out of gas in that third overtime against Arizona State, even though it ended up being a uh, three-point defeat in the end for UCLA. They did not look good at all throughout that game. Ben, it it really does depend on the box score if you're looking to bet a rematch. Uh, The one thing that I will say is the tempo in that first game it was an 83-possession game and three overtimes. That is a really slow game. So you could expect another slow-tempo, grinded-out game, which makes it hard to lay that amount of points. If anything, you look to the total here, bet this thing under the 131 and a 131.5. Look, both teams shot poorly from three in that first game. Arizona State shot under 70% from the line, which is, again, a team that is horrible from the free-throw line at a nice 330. In the country, for, uh, free throw efficiency wise. So they Always actually good. shot above what they yeah. didn't re- usually been uh 70% in that game, 66 and a half percent for the season. But I would only look to bet the under here. That would be the only thing I would do. It's not going to end up in pocket. Maybe we get a quick start and bet this thing under as we go through okay. the show.
2: Uh, UCLA, just an interesting team also going forward. Cause we're also in that part of the year, Jeff, where we're starting to hone in on, all right, which, which teams do we feel have value in our teams? We believe will will profile pretty well heading into the NCAA tournament. UCLA is a team where the advanced numbers love Mick Bruins. Top 15 in both adjusted offense, adjusted defense as well. Play a slow tempo. We saw in their tournament run last year how hard they are to play against, especially in a one-and-done type scenario. They've got the experience, but... At the same time, they have really one marquee win all season. That home win in the blowout over Arizona. Certainly going to Marquette and winning a true road game is impressive. But you and I, and not that we hold this stuff you know, in our minds, or, nor should we, but you and I were both at T-Mobile right around Thanksgiving when mm-hmm. UCLA played Gonzaga. That game was not even close to the 20-point scoreline, which Gonzaga blew out to the Bruins in that spot. How do you analyze UCLA just from a, a macro perspective, given all that we just laid out? Really good advanced numbers, but haven't really proven outside of the Arizona game that they've been able to beat a big blue blood this year.
3: Look, they were a four seed in the reveal over the weekend from the NCAA committee for the top 16. I think that's about right. Maybe you slide them up to being the last three seed. I think Tennessee was the one team that was overvalued. Maybe UCLA was undervalued in that release over the weekend, Ben. But they're still good. They still have most of that team back that made the Final Four. Again, miraculous as it was, making the Final Four a year ago from first four to Final Four and darn near in the national title game when it was all said and done for UCLA. They're good. Again, I would say... If they get stuck in the West with Gonzaga in a 1-4 rematch, they're probably in trouble. But they can match up with the other one seeds. I think they match up okay with Auburn if they assume they end up on the four-line UCLA does. They match up okay with Kansas. They don't match up great. Uh, with Arizona. I know that first game was really just Arizona couldn't shoot the ball and that's why that game got out of hand at
2: Yeah, Interesting one tonight. We'll see if UCLA can get revenge again laying the 13 and a half. That other game also starting at the top of our next hour Oklahoma State and Baylor. Baylor right now I'm seeing it a couple shops up to five and a half. You can still Mm -hmm. find a lot of fives though out there in the market. When we return we go back to the association. No games tonight but we'll talk some future specifically division odds when we return here on primetime action.
0: time action with gil alexander and matt brown on vsin the sports betting network
2: before you make your next bet be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data this new feature gives you insights and where the money and bets are moving for every game you'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion data is available for money line over under and against the spread, bets. Betting splits are another way Vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. We're back. It's primetime action with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson. Kelly Bidlin as well, along from our South Point Sportsbook Studios here in Las Vegas. Jeff, your in-game
3: uh, extra, extra game bets are going well uh Maryland, Maryland, Maryland right now they're not extra bored, but oh, okay. Maryland has opened up a uh opened up a seven point lead oh, okay. draft, Draftkings has not updated the line here because it says Maryland is a half point favorite if it is a seven point game, that cannot be right uh Howard, on the other hand, off to a pretty bad start, Uh-oh. even though it would they were down as much as twelve at the beginning of the second half' They've gotten it back to six. I'm laying one right now Howard's a three and a half point dog live. So I am, I am behind pace, as they and would say. We
2: now glue our eyes to ESPNU, where Coppin State and Howard are engaged in a, a six-point battle so far. Uh, Ohio State is up by seven right now, Indiana at the line. So that, that's inevitable sweat continues. And,
3: and also, uh, Kelly, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if my screen is right, the Sycamores are off to a pretty reasonable start Whoa. against Drake so far, actually leading the game at the second media timeout. Up four. 19 <laughs> to 15, Indiana <laughs> State. Go get that money, Jeff. Hey, no. We got a lot of game left. That, I, could, I, they, that could end very poorly. But I know, so far, Jeff. It's so I, can't,
4: I can't wait to see him pouting at the end of it, Ben, of why he didn't bet the money line, yeah. you know, when they went <laughs> outright.
3: I mean, they're still plus 255 two, uh, on the money no, line, Jeff. We can't get greedy on that. Where are we get, no? A real okay. a very a very good mid major against a bad team.
2: What do you want to Go bet that I, What do you want to bet that I push this Indiana Ohio State game?
3: What do you got six? Yeah, it's eight right now. I don't. Yeah, I. I mean, it's been between four and eight. The I don't. I game. don't know. That's it depends. Thing. It depends on again. This game landing seven would mean you win, and then everyone else on the network pushed. That would be fine. You would be okay with that. <laughs> I could I could proclaim that closing
2: line value yeah. is the be-all end-all for it's everything. It's
4: not a bench job. Don't yeah. worry about everybody else's Bet. bets. See? Go with your own bets, buddy. Thank you, uh, I
2: agree with you. Thank you. Uh, let's, let's circle back to the NBA. We talked about this at the start of the show given that the Chris Paul injury news has shaken things up in the futures market, but also with this three-day off span before the second half of the season, and we're well into the second half. But after the All-Star break resumes, we thought it would be a good idea and time of the year to take a look at some of these divisional odds as we go down the home stretch, as we'll we'll go first into the Eastern Conference, Jeff, and take a look at the Atlantic division uh, here in the NBA, where the 76ers still your prohibitive favorites following their trade, James Harden, has yet to suit up for Philadelphia, but we're expecting to have him back, if not in, in the first game out of the All-Star break, if, if not pretty soon after that. But what's interesting about this division in, in particular, Jeff, is how a team a lot of us sort of rode off, the Celtics, have gotten very, very hot, winning 9 of 10 heading into the break. They currently sit just two games back in the 76ers and yet are plus 340 right now to win the division.
3: If we're going straight off schedule here, Ben, just strength of schedule-wise, we'll throw the two New York teams out of it because the Nets have no incentive at this point to go try to win the division. The Knicks have been an an unmitigated disaster, especially of late. If you're comparing the top three, I want to throw Toronto into this mix too here, Ben. Okay. Strength to schedule wise, the rest of the year, Boston is the tenth hardest schedule, five hundred five strength to schedule. Philly's at, actually the same; they're tied for tenth with Boston at five hundred five. They're listed at twelfth on my screen, thanks to uh, uh, the alphabet, thanks uh, to math, say, uh, thanks and thanks to the alphabet. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but Toronto has the twenty fourth hardest schedule, so it's in the bottom. They're in the bottom fourth of easy schedules for the remainder of the season at four eighty six. So look. I, it, I'm not advocating go go out there and bet heavy on Toronto. But if you're going strictly on schedule, I expect Boston to come back a little bit. Philly, I think there's going to be some time for Harden and Embiid to really find themselves. So maybe you think about a small sprinkle on Toronto at 7-1. By the way, I don't know if either either Kelly or, or, or you, Ben, uh, saw this the other, uh, the other day. But going into the All-Star break and still at it right now, 538s. Raptor rankings, their player rankings, had the Boston Celtics as the favorite to win the NBA championship right now. Oh, man. So, Seriously? Yeah, oh, wow. and they're second in the ELO rankings, only behind Phoenix. So, look, uh, the the numbers back up the Celtics as a legitimate team that what we saw early in the year was just them completely underachieving as opposed to what we saw during that 9-10 to 10 stretch with that really ridiculous loss before the All-Star break to yeah. Detroit.
2: Well, it, it is funny how have- coach of the year. I mean, all of a sudden you made, it's obviously now it's a very, 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 very long shot. He he is, he is now like his odds have been uh, chopped way down. He's 50 to one now this resurgence and you mentioned Toronto as well eight and two in their last 10 heading into the all-star break they're just a half game back of Boston so yes theoretically and presumably this is wide open isn't isn't also the greater conversation too though on how we evaluate Philadelphia I mean that to me is what this bet really comes down to I, I imagine Kelly you agree here is, is do we just magically expect now that we just perceive James Harden to have this made up phony injury now that he's on a new team and in a situation he likes we just expect him to be playing every night and and meshing right away with with Joel Embiid to just calmly and easily uh, come away with this division is that kind of the expectation here, Kelly? So you first, still thinking
4: Sixers. The first part of of what you just said, I, I yeah, I think that's going to happen. I think that <laughs> I think that we're going to see James Harden make a debut pretty quickly. Um, he into uh, the second part of that though, I think Jeff is right and what you're hitting at is right. I think this could take a few weeks. I mean, this is a, a Je- James Harden who's who has essentially switched over the past year, more of a point guard role, and it always had, has had an amazingly high usage rate, is going to have to, for the first time ever, including his time in Brooklyn, really learn to look another way first, right? He was really running the show in Brooklyn, kind of as that point guard, him and Kyrie able to kind of switch places. Kyrie playing more of the shooting guard role there in Brooklyn now. Expect to see that when Ben Simmons comes in the lineup for Brooklyn as well. But James Harden is going to have to used to get used to very quickly looking. Looking to Joel Embiid every time he gets down the court and running the offense through him, not. Whoever he sees as an open jump shooter first, like Kevin Durant or Kyrie, it's got to be played through the post. Cannot ruin Joel Embiid's MVP season. Now, I've been been saying this loud on this network for the past, you know, six weeks now. I think Philadelphia is the team to beat in the East. I think they're the team to beat in the NBA. I expect Harden to go in there and this team to get really good, you know, pretty quick. I think it's going to take a couple weeks, but you're going to see that star power Immediately out of James Harden, who I still think is one of the best players in the NBA, I just think yes, he's been kind of playing at you know sixty percent effort this this season, is what you've seen. And even that, his numbers still haven't been bad. We all talk we we talk about him like he's been atrocious this year, still being pretty dang good. And now you've got a Philly team that was able to grow up with the absence of Ben Simmons. You got these guys like Tyrese Maxey who have become great players this year because they got that time to play, and now they are incredibly deep. So this is a market when it comes to betting this market this division market i don't know if i'm running a lay 215 right or, or yeah that's where we got 215 here on a division market like that maybe look for them more in the, win the nba finals win the eastern conference but look for that i would say in a week or two because like you guys kind of mentioned they could take a little bit of time for this these guys to get that cohesion working together yeah. if i had to make a bet on this division i had to it would still be on Brooklyn just at 13-1. to one. I mean, they're the four we'll and a half games back. Can't quit, can't quit them, Kelly. I mean, I mean like, I, I kind of have. I mean, I think the Sixers are going to beat them in the East, but it's just you, the Celtics and the Raptors have been playing really, really well recently. I don't think that they have the quality at the end of the day to get pat, to get past teams like Philadelphia and Brooklyn.
3: Kelly, Kelly I just want to hop in here. Something I just saw no. on Twitter, uh, non NBA-wise real quick, but, a game that's coming up. Uh, Tiger Campbell for UCLA likely out, according to Ben Bulch of the LA Times. Oh. So that's okay. a UCLA starting point guard. So that's something uh, that we could see over the next few moments. That line ticked down a little bit on UCLA without their starting point guard. According to Ben Bolch, Tiger Campbell with a left shoulder likely out tonight for the Bruins. Okay. What
4: was it earlier? I'm seeing 14, 13 to 14. Yeah. Right? Anywhere from
3: it. it had settled It's Actually, Yeah. So, so yeah. it actually went up even with that news coming I,
2: out. I would imagine just the, the general public uh, interest in backing UCLA against a perceived bad team. Well, uh, that probably. Well, also the,
3: again, unless of uh the Sharps are going to come in with a position on Arizona State. You probably won't see that move because people yes. are not constantly the, – the regular general public not constantly checking the tweets like you and I are, Ben. That, that is also uh, fair.
2: But we can all agree, at least this NBA, this divisional discussion, if there is a bet to be made on Philadelphia, you're, you're just betting them Eastern Conference, right? You're not bothering with the uh, minus 215 division. It,
4: That's what I would do, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, correct. Even though they've been cut down as, what, 7-8-1 to one, down to, in the 3-3.5-1 three, three to one range, that – Given what we've t- just discussed, that that does feel like uh, the value that's there. A little bit later in the show, we'll we'll discuss as well if we have time the central division odds too, because that thing has gotten quite interesting. Jeff, uh, <laughs> like we said, Bucks hardest strength the schedule, Bulls second hardest. We'll see. There's uh, 20, 23 games left uh, for all these teams. And up, uh, oh, Indiana 3, back to within seven, Jeff. So we're, Sweat we're is
3: on, baby. We're
2: living on the edge uh, as we continue. We will go back to some college troops because, as we talked about earlier, this hour we've got some big matchups still to come, even though the slate is a little lighter tonight. We'll bring in our guy Dallin Cuff who discusses all things college basketball for ESPN. See if we have time to fill in some Champions League soccer picks from Dallin also on the back side of that. We'll do all of that on the other side as we continue. Vsin's primetime action.
0: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
2: We're back on primetime action with Jeff Farrells, Ben Wilson, Kelly Bidlin from our South Point Sportsbook studios following some of these games down to the wire here in the college basketball Monday slate. Uh, Howard, they're down eight, Jeff. Come on, Bison. Let's
3: go. Kick it into gear. It's okay. Maryland's up up double digits, so
2: we're looking good on that one. You're one in one of those in-game bets, Jeff. Uh, Ohio State up 11 now on Indiana Uh, for me laying that six with the Buckeyes here. 12.35 to go in the game, and we've got a few games still to tip off. We'll also maybe talk some Champions League here with our guy, Dallin Cuff. You see him on ESPN, ACC Network, talking college hoops. He was on Daily Wager earlier today. also see him uh, talking some soccer as well. Dallin, let's start off first. Thank you, by the way, for joining us. We'll start with some college hoops here. We just saw a few minutes ago Tiger Campbell ruled out tonight for UCLA in that game against Arizona State. Big number. Uh, anything you would, uh, you would do with this game now, now knowing the status here of Campbell in that uh, UCLA starting lineup?
5: Just real quick, Jeff, I love that you're on MIAC hoops right now on Howard. I'm, I'm big on Norfolk State today. I went big on there Norfolk we go. State there we go. Uh, against Morgan State. It's a little delayed. They're up seven in the first half. They were laying five and a half. Really good team on the road. Probably be the tournament represented from that league. Them and Howard battling it out. That said, uh, a bigger game, UCLA, Arizona State. Uh, I was on Arizona State before, even when Juzang was a, was a question. Uh, now, though, he's in. But Tiger being out is really big, um, to say the least. So, I-, I liked Arizona State before. They're finally healthy. They've been finally healthy for the last six, seven games now. Um, they won three straight that they they dominated Oregon guys the other night. That was like a little bit eye-opening because they defended really well. And we asked to know all day long, are they going to ice the ball screen? Is he, who's the weak side help man? Well, he's short rolling. You got to make shots. It's a pretty simple game. It's you got to put the ball in a basket. And Arizona State has started to make some shots as of late. That helps their defense. They've been solid defensively. They're fully healthy. I'm taking the 13-and-a-half. I don't think they win the game. They think they lose by seven or eight. But I think they can definitely keep you within the number. And Without Tiger, uh, also is a big blow to that team. He's got a guy that, that does, he's, he can be the straw that stirs a drink for them a lot of times. So him out a lineup, that's a different group.
3: Dallin, we, we, we love the extra board, uh, of course, with those MEAC bets, uh, for sure. Uh, there, Let's uh, let's go to another big one that's coming up. Uh, big Monday in Stillwater, Oklahoma State hosting Baylor. Baylor, of course, favorite on the road. You're seeing five and five and a half on the Bears here. Uh, do you have anything on this one, uh, Dallin?
5: Yeah, injuries are huge, man. and That's the thing of Baylor, unfortunately. Jonathan Chachua, he's going to be done for the year. We know that. That was an awful injury about two weekends ago now. To see that man go down like that, but then when you look at L.J. Cryer and Adam Flagler, that's the bigger problem. Like those, both those guys, uh, Cryer most likely is not playing tonight from Texas. Talking to people at the game, uh, Flagler is still a game time decision. He may go, and, and we'll see what what he can give um, without them fully healthy. Bear in mind, Oklahoma State beat them down in Waco, and they were 14 and a half point dogs. Won that game outright. I don't think they necessarily. They they, they Baylor's not at 100%. That's the deal. That's the problem right now. And Oklahoma State can make you play in different ways. They like to play at pace sometimes. They can really take you out of things defensively. They can mix in some kind of abnormal defense you don't always see. Mike Boyden's a really good coach. And I think this overall, this is, a, this is a really tough spot. I like the points here in this game. Uh, I'll take the five. If it's five and a half, that's great, obviously, but I think Oklahoma State with a banged up Baylor team is the way to go here.
2: Interestingly behind us, Jeff, at the uh, South Point, that's the one five and a half I'm still seeing in the market. Five is just about uh, everywhere else here with Baylor and Oklahoma State. So the Pokes getting some money uh, down. I know we were talking Miac earlier. We'll transition <laughs> to another small conference here with that a, a surprisingly like a big game tonight in the WAC. Uh, Jeff knows this. I'm, I mm-hmm. love WAC basketball. I'll be. Calling in the WAC tournament out here. Cup starts in two weeks from Tuesday. So we're nice. very excited already for that, Down And we have New Mexico State and Seattle. Remember, last year we know Grand Canyon was the representative but the Aggies just went into Phoenix, pounded Bryce Drew's GCU lopes mm-hmm. over the weekend and now they go into Seattle and, and take on a team who's been one of the surprises in that uh, league this year. Shortly lined game. Aggies laying two and a half tonight in Seattle. Final game of the night. We'll all be glued to watching this, Dallin. Uh, what, what do you like, if anything, here in this one?
5: I think I'm going to take the home team. I like Seattle's form right now. I like them at home right now in a big spot and a big opportunity. It is weird when you play in smaller conference games and you start to have that opportunity. I was a smaller conference player. When people start to actually pay attention, there is a level of a little intensity it's a little more below pressure. It's, it's, it's just a little more fun for lack of a better word. So I, I expect the home team and their fans to turn out and support them in a, in a strong venue. So I, in a strong following, I should say. So I like Seattle at home with a couple points, um, but whack, the WAC tournament is going to be great. And obviously, you know,
2: you've been out there in Vegas. Pretty nice, pretty nice setup you got there. Oh, we love it. Orly. Hey, Orleans Arena, Dallin. It, you know, yeah, it, it, it
3: serves multiple uh, <laughs>
2: multiple purposes. Je- you'll probably mm-hmm. get Jeff. Heckle, uh-huh. heckle the player.
3: I'll be at the Orleans either for that or the WCC <laughs> yeah. if I can uh, make my yeah. way through the hordes of Gonzaga fans that make the trip down. That's, that's <laughs> a fair point, <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, Dallin, uh, I have a, just, a, just a macro uh, college hoops question for you here because the committee revealed what the top 16 would be if the tournament had started on Saturday over the weekend. Was there anything that stood out as a surprise to you in that top 16?
5: Not a surprise in really the negative sense. I was glad to see the Big 12 get rewarded. They got four of the 16 teams. It's the it's the deepest, most difficult conference in the country, without a doubt. Uh, I did find it a little interesting. I mean, Texas is in there. I see that. I'm not sure Texas is going to be able to hold on to that spot. Offensively, they're still – they're still are struggling to figure it out against good teams. Um, defense, but they're very good. Obviously, no Trey Mitchell anymore, at least for right now, as he's took to leave absence, is, is impacts their squad as well. Um, that didn't surprise me, but I like that. The Providence, I like Providence, too. That did surprise me, because the numbers hate Providence, by the way. They mm-hmm. have been, a lot of metrics have them in the mid-40s. Um, but the record, guys, this is the thing about the NCAA tournament, and the supposed to be the committee. Your record is what it is. We are who they thought they were. You know, Parcells. Your record is what you are. Like, like that's it. That's so they are 21 and th- what, 22 and three now. I think uh, they've won a boatload of close games. Uh, they did not take me to Cover City yesterday. I was pretty upset about that. Uh, <laughs> they, 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 they won the game. Um, so I, I really think that's they, they were rewarded by being in that top 16, and that's what we should do in some regard. The, the numbers can't always we can't always follow the numbers. Those guys have won close games. That's yeah. something to be said. They're top 10 team in an experience. They know how to grind it out. They find a way. They're what 10-10 oh, and one now. Five, five, and games decided by five points or less—that's a good note for the tournament. But it's also something to be wary of. Not a lot of rocking chair games they're playing, so just be aware of that as you're as you're moving forward.
2: I was going to say down that uh, of the list right now, and not really knowing how the seeding will play out, but we have a we have a good idea that Providence is going to be in that four, maybe that five seed line, depending on how the end of the year goes. You have to think, right? Whoever they get, assuming it's a is a 12, maybe a 13 seed who is, has looked good down the stretch, that's got to be got to be one of the more popular upset picks, wouldn't you think? Just projecting out here, even though we're still three weeks away from Selection Sunday, just going against them. <laughs>
5: It, it could be, yeah, for sure, when you think about where they're going to end up. But the matchups are always what matter. Like, if you get, it depends on who you, I mean, that's a, a cop out cliche thing to say, but it does matter who that matchup is. Mm-hmm. And if you'd want another kind of veteran grizzled team with with a big that can deal with Nate Watson. Because a lot of times, what you'd have in those high major and mid major matchups is the bigs are where things can be decided and a little bit der- uh, determined with the physicality that may be different at the high major level. I always said to people, when I was playing, I'm 6'3", you know, 195. The guy across from me is probably 6'6", 215, 210, runs faster, jumps higher if he's a high major player. Doesn't mean he shoots a better than me. Doesn't mean he's a better player than me. But physically, he's probably been given some things a little different than me. That really plays out in the interior. So if they can have somebody to guard Nate Watson, that matchup will be, will be interesting. I tell you, the team that people should be aware of is Houston. Um, because losing Marcus Sasser and losing Tremont Mark, what Kelvin Sampson has done has been amazing with that Houston team. Very impressive, to say the least. But they're beating up a weak conference. When they get into the tournament, be aware if they're a two- or three-seed, that's really going to help whoever's in that region as the two- or the three-seed, vice versa. That's a pretty good spot to be, I would think.
3: Dallin, uh, let's shift course here. You also like dabbling with soccer as well. Oh, yeah. Big Champions League card tomorrow. Uh, let's just start with uh, the defending French champions who are not quite in that form this year. Lil <laughs> taking on Chelsea here. You like the, You're looking at the total in this one.
5: Yeah, I take the under here. Lille really shocked the, really the, the, the soccer-watching world or football-watching world, if you will, last year by winning the league on the French League and knocking off PSG. Well, PSG just blitzed them 5-1 uh, a week or so ago. Um, and Lille's and not the same team as they were last year. They do have a really good forward in Jonathan David. They have some other key good pieces. But this Chelsea is really about Chelsea, in all honesty. Chelsea defensively is how they won the Champions League last year. They're still a resolute defensive squad. That's how Thomas Tuchel wants to run his team. That's what their focus is. The problem is offensively, They've just been anemic and strange. Romelu Lukaku is one of the best strikers in the world. They bring him over from Inter Milan last in the, in, the, in the summer. Guys, he had seven touches in 90 minutes in the weekend. That was a record. That's never been done before, for a guy to have seven touches on the ball in 90 minutes. They can't. they got to figure out how to feed their striker, how to play offensively together. It's just been disjointed. So I think they eke out maybe a 1-0 result. I would be shocked if this hit overhits just because now I say that that's the kiss of death. I think Leo's going to struggle to <laughs> yeah. score on the road. And this and Chelsea's got a lot of issues on both on offensively. I think this under it seems obvious. And it was still a plus money. I got a plus 110 earlier. I saw a plus 100. I'm not sure where it is right now on your guys' board here at South Point. But – it seems like it's moving towards negative money because it seems like that's the obvious play.
2: I'm seeing even money uh, for uh, us on, on the other. Hey, anytime you have to go to the FIFA club world cup in the middle of your season and go to Abu Dhabi <laughs> for two games, uh, <laughs> yeah. certainly that's going to keep you in, uh, in, in full form. One more quick, quickly for you down. Cause I know you've got Villarreal. You like that their spot against uh, Juve tomorrow.
5: Yeah. Draw no bet though. So I'm going to make it to a, a two market uh, decision or take that draw out of the equation. Uh, when you're going to play some juice there. I thought I got it at one thirty earlier. When I was on wager today, it went down to 140s, so minus 140. So we'll see if that if that keeps moving. Obviously, I would you know correct myself accordingly. But it's mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the actual game itself, uh, Villarreal tough team to break down. They're playing at home, and Juve's all beat up. All their defenders are all hurt. Diapolo Paolo one of their best uh, strikers, is out as well. He was hurt at the weekend, so I think. Overall, Villarreal finds a way to get a result. If they don't, at worst, I do think it's a draw. Take your money back.
2: All right, Dallin. Thank you, as always, for the time. While you've been on alone, uh, Howard's cut it to within four, so you're, you're a good luck charm there for uh, our guy, Jeff
3: Possible. I'm, I'm, I'm here sta- to help.
5: Let's, let's, hope, let's hope Norfolk State's winning by more, too, yes. when I go back to my In a statement
3: I did
2: not think I would be making
3: starting tonight, but here we go. <laughs> Dallin, they're up eight, so yes, we, all right. we, we've extended both. Let's go. All right. Thanks, Dallin. Uh, as always, we'll catch you next time.
2: Find him at Dallin Cuff, by the way, on on Twitter. You can see him on ESPN ACC Network. He was on Daily Wager earlier today. Uh, We are going to talk more Champions League as well, Jeff, a little bit later with our guy Paul Carr in the next hour. Uh, But, yeah, Lille 11th this year in league. Not been good. Christophe Galtier, their manager, he left. He's with my team. OGC Nice. Let's go. Viva La Nice. We'll talk more. Update some of these games when we return here on
0: v Time action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VCN, the sports betting network.
2: Hit the court for your cut of the cash with the FX Snowfall Kingpin Challenge. Play free in two fantasy hoops contests and battle for a share of fifteen thousand dollars in total cash prizes. While the fight for LA rages on during season five of FX's Snowfall, head to DraftKings.com/slash/Snowfall now to get in on the action. Snowfall. Returns Wednesday on FX. Stream on Hulu. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As we're back, prime time action on this President's Day Monday. Ben Wilson with you. Filling in for Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Jeff Parles joining me on the desk. We've got Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. Uh, Look, sometimes we make mistakes, Jeff, and we're here to be transparent and admit them. We made a large error error earlier tonight, Jeff. Kelly Bidlin had a beautiful two, two two-and-a-half-minute soliloquy on the benefits of betting. The Montreal Canadiens as a near $4 home underdog tonight. That's
4: right. all, the, all the information I gave out was, not, was completely factual. I was not making up any yes. part of it. That's for sure. All true.
2: All true statements. And yet, you know, we, we laughed it off. Ha ha. Montreal sucks. They've won 10 games all year. Jeff, the score right now. Toronto, nothing. Montreal, 5 not a
3: misprint. <laughs> I mean, I, I look. You, you're not going to find a better bet. I mean, heck, you could have gotten plus one thirty-five on the puck line, getting a, a, a puck and a half <laughs> That's tonight. amazing. I mean, the, the easiest three-dollar winner you're ever going to have. With that said, would it shock you if Montreal finds a way to blow this in the uh, third period? Kelly, you were saying before. uh, that one one book out here was only dishing twelve to one on Toronto
4: down five nothing. We have hit the second intermission. We're still at fourteen to one at William Hill. That is ridiculous. <laughs> it's twenty five to one at DraftKings. What a, is there a price on laying it on Montreal uh, at DraftKings? Actually, no. William Hill is same thing. Minus four and a half, minus one ten.
3: Oh, well, that's uh, not as exciting as just laying a ridiculously a, a shy ginormous. money line.
2: I mean, it's still kind of. Tempting, that but that was the play of the night, and we uh, we missed it. We dropped the ball, Uh, as as expected though. As we dropped the puck. Thank you, thank you, Kelly. (laughs) That's that's what I'm here for. I've never been a skater. I've just been a curler. All right, I don't I don't I don't know the lingo (laughs) of the of the hockey pucks. But we did. We do have some live bets, uh, live action going on right now, Jeff. A lot of our games that tipped off at the start of the show coming down to the wire. I fully expected this to be a sweat. I thought maybe I'd get lucky, Jeff, because Ohio State went up 11. I'm laying six right now against Indiana. Just a brutal sequence, though, where EJ Liddell gets called for a, a, a completely bogus foul. And then a tech is called. Indiana gets two free throws. And they have now cut it from down 11 to down three
3: with 849 to go. 53-50, Ohio
2: State on top. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a sweat. Breaking yeah, news.
3: No no shock there, Ben, yeah. uh, that this is going to be a sweat for you down to the end. Uh, again, this is if the Hoosiers can find a way to win this game outright, that at least – stops the bleeding on what has been a very bad three weeks for the Indiana program, uh, but a big bucket there for your Buckeyes well, back to it, five. It's like
2: so many games, though, where you talk about trying to get over the hump. We'll see this in the NCAA tournament. Just This is like a little you know, preview for so many games, with that, especially the dogs, Jeff. You come out, you're down 8-10. to 10, You keep making runs. You keep getting it to within three, four. If you can somehow get over the hump, you're live to win the game, but we see so many times, Jeff, these dogs get within a possession or two, can't get over that hump, and they lose by, you know, 10, 12 points. Your Howard Bison, though, they got over the hump. And uh, what, back, is it back
3: to a tie game now? You were leading Cop, second Coppin ago. State leads by a point at the under yeah. four timeout. So Howard we, did lead, though. Howard led for a split second. Coppin State came down, hit a three to tie it, and then hit another three run on top of it. So at least we're live there. Maryland and Penn State has gotten a little bit sweaty Maryland hasn't scored in five minutes but still leads by six. That
2: would seem to be an issue.
3: And okay. uh, Scott at the line right now and, of course, clangs the front end of a one-and-one. One. So, uh, I, I, Maryland, again, horrible basketball team this year, doing all they can to uh, blow, uh, blow the in-game two for me and blow the Penn three. State. three oh, the Penn State. Penn just brick the wow. three. Uh, now we're going to get the foul game for the last fifty three seconds. Both of these teams stink, uh, but Maryland uh, just try, just get to the finish line. Win the game by win the game by four. I think you're so going to be alright. So right. our guy Kai McKeon wins. The three that he gave out earlier in the day on a numbers game, I win my two, and we're all happy here. Back to one, by the way, in Value City there in uh, in Columbus, Ben. Ridiculous.
2: The one other game going down to the wire here, 66-63 North Carolina on Louisville, 90 seconds to go. Jeff, you off air said there's no reason why North Carolina should ever lay nine and a half points to anybody, and tonight, even against a extremely dysfunctional Louisville team, is proving why.
3: Yeah, I, I, there are two... There were two games that i in now. Of course, hindsight's 2020, but this game and the Georgia Tech Syracuse game are the two games that you probably could have pinpointed of teams that don't deserve to be big favorites against anyone. Uh, of course, to Louisville and North Carolina played an overtime game, a high, highly controversial overtime game earlier in the year at the Yum Center, where the refs just totally lost their minds at the end of the game. North Carolina won that game and covered an OT. But look, UNC on the bubble. I don't think they're any good, Ben. I I, I don't care that they beat Kelly Bidlin's Florida State Seminole <laughs> team with no with, with no healthy players yeah. by by twenty five two weeks ago. UNC isn't any good, and Louisville has at least started to show a pulse again these last few weeks. After obviously a lot of tum- uh, 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 tumultuous times in that uh, in that program with Chris Mack uh, being let go mid season.
4: See, this isn't fair. I used to be able to say, like, okay, someone to go after FSU football, I'd be like, it's cool, we're a basketball school this year, you know, or if they. Vice versa, basketball schools basketball team was having it down here. I'd be like, it's fine. We're a football school, always have been. What's the thing? What's the difference? You know? But uh, yeah, now now these days, basketball and football pretty rough at Florida State. Yikes!
3: Yeah, I don't know what to tell you,
4: Kelly. Yeah. By the way, Florida State is we're in soccer school.
3: Well, Florida State's getting <laughs> yes. manhandled right yeah. now by Boston College, who's not any good. Mm. BC's up seventeen with five Whoa. minutes to go. And Florida Six, State was
2: laying on the road.
3: Yeah, sixty Whoa. to forty three. I saw a few people I trust took BC tonight. I just didn't have the stomach to take the yeah. Eagles, who are not good either.
2: I, don't, I, I do not blame you. There's a look at that game. Our, our score lines of the night, Jeff, uh, 31-14, Southern Utah on Northern Arizona at the half. Great showing by the Lumberjacks in huh. half one in Flagstaff. That's not very good. And uh, SIU Edwardsville is holding <laughs> Eastern Illinois 33-16 at the half. So these smaller conferences, Jeff, you get into the late stages. Some very wacky results uh, around the league yeah. country for that matter.
3: Yeah, there's one other one that I had on my list that I ended up not betting uh, that that is on pace right now, maybe slightly behind uh, in uh, the SoCon. Citadel and Samford tied at 37 at the half. I actually, that's going to be one that during the commercial break, I'm going to look at and see, uh, well, based off of this uh, report here, you may want to bet Samford in the second half uh, did not shoot the ball well Had an extra 10 attempts from the floor over to Citadel. Only going to have to look at that at halftime to see uh, what we're looking at here for that. Uh, That might be a second half over and a Samford bet for me in the second half. I,
2: uh, I just brought up Southern Utah, Northern Arizona, because this was a game totaled at 146. We had 45 points scored in the first half combined. So, you're a little behind pace if you take yeah, I think, over. Yeah, I think you're in trouble. Just, just a touch. I
3: think, I think you're in trouble.
2: So, all, I, all I will say uh, on that, North Carolina, though, has recovered. They are, they're up now seven, shooting free throws, 19.7 to go. Again, though, they were laying nine and a half. So, you should be all right if you bet Louisville. Uh, we'll see how that one uh, pans out. Let us take a couple minutes, though, while we're talking college hoops, take a look at the Wooden Award odds. As we are, look, we're into that home stretch, Jeff. This has been an interesting awards market that we've tracked all season with Oscar Shibwe, the top rebounder in the country. He is leading the way right now. Uh, our, uh, if you look at it, DraftKings, those will be without the New Jersey players. Not that that really impacts this all that much. But Shibwe, still the pretty predominant favorite. Kofi Coburn at 5.5-1. to one. Davis, Murray, and Ogbaji all in single digits. So really five Jeff that appear uh, to have legitimate shots. As much as I would love to see Benedict Matherin make a charge here. I covered, covered him back when he was with the, in the global academy as a 16-year-old has had a really nice year for a great Arizona team. I just don't think it's going to happen realistically at 22-1. to 1. Is it still Shiboy the bet or any, anybody that uh, that intrigues you with just a few weeks left in the regular season?
3: Oh, it's Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis is a bet here. I, look, Oscar Shibley's been amazing for Kentucky. But it's hard for me to give the award to Oscar Shibley when, to me, he's not even Kentucky's most important player. That's Ty Ty Washington, who is Kentucky's most important player. No disrespect to Shibley. He's been brilliant. He deserves to be one of the few favorites for this award. But I I can't give it to him over Johnny Davis, who, uh, Ben, you take Johnny Davis off of Wisconsin, they are in the bottom four of the Big Ten. They are not a good basketball team if you take him off of that team. And that is more than enough to have me have Davis as the guy I had six to one. i very happily bet Davis to win the wooden award. Kochburn's interesting because Kochburn obviously had the, the, the pre-NLI issues mm-hmm. uh, led to a suspension earlier in the year. And when he has been great, Illinois has won games. The games where teams have had physical enough big guys to handle him a.k.a. the two Purdue games, he's had trouble. So, it's a little bit harder for me to look at Cochburn, but I would I would look at Johnny Davis in Wisconsin. Davis. That would be the way I would go.
2: Like any other award market, though, Jeff, recency and end of season is weighted so much more heavily than the start of the year. No and look, Davis, there. three of his last four games, 25 points or more and put up 30 last week in Bloomington, 25 in that big win over Michigan uh, yesterday. So you can, you can see why uh, that that could be a potential play. Speaking of Indiana, they've got a two within one, <laughs> 6.54 to go. Sweat time as we go into the final hour of the show. We'll kick it to Kelly, update all the scores from around the country when we return. Visit with Paul Carr as well. Talk some Champions League soccer in the next half hour. That is all still to come here on Primetime Action.